In this episode, I'm dishing up something a little different for a change and we're going to the woo-woo side. You know this podcast is not designed for the person who wants that steady, straight and narrow career path. It's for the person who is curious, wants to challenge the status quo and quite often we share stories of women who've had unusual career switches. My guest today is no different. In fact, from an early age, she knew freedom was one of her core values and following a set career path was probably not for her. Guided by her intuition, she's lived around the world working in various parts of the tourism industry and now she finds herself in the wellness industry as an intuitive coach, energy healer, kundalini yoga teacher and writer who assists people who are ready to step up or step out. After liberating herself from the shackles of a senior executive job, Zoe Mack spent the past three plus years traveling full-time, gaining insights into true freedom and upgrading her spiritual toolkit with every loop of the world. Through her channeled light language, which you'll learn about in this episode, and quantum coaching practice, Zoe assists her clients to bypass limiting blocks and beliefs and help them fully utilize their spiritual gifts. She's dedicated to unleashing the potential she sees in every willing human she meets, as well as bringing together the Lightworker community for co-creation through her Facebook group, The Healers Collab. I know you are going to love today's conversation as we traverse everything from what it's like to pursue freedom full-time the loneliness that can come with that, to fostering an online and offline community for life and business when you have no fixed address, and finally, a lesson in what manifesting is. Okay, you ready for it? Let's get into episode 89. Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful and creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you truly love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Welcome to the True To You podcast, Zoe. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah. And we're officially in the same country now, which is awesome because I think when Zoe and I first connected, I actually think you were in South Africa, which is crazy because that was, what was that, like a year and a half ago now? Yeah, a year and a half ago, which feels like a million years ago, given the border closures and stuff. What I want to ask you first is 
what what has your career journey been like? Because now you're doing something completely different to where it started. But I really want you to tell the story for the listeners. So share with us a little bit about what that has been like. Um, well, I was kind of, um, I've never been a complete kind of traditional career path person because I was always of the belief that you could switch industries, which is very interesting. I went got to New Zealand in like 2008. Six. Uh, and when I got there, everyone was like, no, you don't switch careers. This is like, this is it. And I was like, oh, no, because I'd already been switching kind of a bit. And I'd gone from being an English language teacher at one point to going to be a tour guide in Vietnam, which led me to be able to go back to New Zealand and get residency there. Um, and I was in tourism then. So tourism product, tourism marketing. And I was kind of on this, you know, this fast track. I did an advanced management diploma, really aiming for that kind of GM role. And then I was working for Juicy, the camper van company, um, and they sent me to America for 18 months. And on paper, I had, I was there as the VP of marketing, a lovely salary, Ocean View, Santa Monica apartment. I had US visa, you know, on paper, I literally just had like the dream and I felt so trapped. I felt really just was very aware that my freedom was really, really restricted. So I, there was kind of a series of events that kind of were a little bit woo-woo, but from that, they just kind of, I just went, okay, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't for me anymore. And this path I've been building myself, I was kind of like, what is this? This isn't what I want. And so I decided to quit my job and go traveling full time and become a freelance travel writer first. I started coaching at the same time. And then I've just been building and transitioning along the way with that. Amazing. Amazing. The word that comes up a lot in your work, but also I think resonates when I think of you is the word freedom. Mm. Is that a word that called you way back in 2000 and did you say 2008? Is that right? So uh, uh, for, for I've been, no, I say freedom has been like the core of me always. Really? It's okay. like my, my, it's my underlying sort of DNA. And I, because I, I grew up in the UK in like a pretty crappy town, um, you know, and not particularly many prospects at school. Everybody kind of went on to do vocation. I was like one of two people at the time to go to university that year, you know. So it was just not where you, it's not what you did. But I was like, when I went to university, how far away can I get? And then the next thing from there was, okay, which country can I go to? And I, as soon as I started traveling, I had the travel bug. So I kind of just liked this kind of this exploration as part of me to go and explore. And I think now that's just every part of me, not just places, but, you know, way to do things. Experiment is one of my favorite words. Um, so it was always kind of there, you know, it's always been to kind of like, hmm, this sounds interesting. I'm going to go do try that. And uh, what about this? Maybe I'll try this thing and sort of um, branch out that way. It's just kind of been a pull. And I guess with that pursuit of freedom, I mean, it's, it sounds like it was probably tapping into a lot of your your younger years and that younger experience. And you recognize that actually quite early on, because I know some of us return to that inner child feeling that we really desire a lot later in life, sometimes 30s, 40s. And I know through your work, you probably see these timelines in people's lives and through some of the astrology and things like that we know there's definite cycles that we go through but it really sounds like you tapped into a feeling quite early on of freedom is 
is my jam. That's my thing. And I don't think this feeling is, is going to go away. But I think in pursuing freedom adventure, you talked about experimentation in your life. Does that mean that you are a hell yes to every opportunity? Because I know sometimes people can see that as a way of cultivating freedom in their life as I'm going to say yes to everything and go with the flow, whatever comes along my path? Or does it actually mean that you have to say no to some things, which you have done because you walked away from a massive opportunity in the States? It's kind of this catch-22, isn't it? Where, yeah, you talk to me about that. Talk to me about what that's like. I think, you know, like uh, boundaries has been an important part of, you know, this freedom plus there has to be some boundaries. Otherwise, you are saying yes to everything and also that has led to decision fatigue at times like I lived in Japan for a year and I got four jobs and I remember being so stressed about picking they were all four very different roles all teaching English but different places they could do different things I was so stressed about it so sometimes the decision fatigue comes from having so many opportunities so that was kind of part of it so learning boundaries even things like uh, understanding that free isn't free you know, like, or, or using the language free for something, particularly as a travel writer, you know, you get an opportunity to go somewhere or go and experience a place and then realising that it's not always aligned and that actually that you're in the wrong place at that point, but you just took it because it's, you know, essentially a trade free, which is not free, of course, at all. Um, so things like that have been kind of really about sort of setting that in boundaries, but I also really like having flexibility. So I literally have always loathed all the way through like interviews and for jobs and things is uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Because I can't say where I see myself in one year generally because, because I've had that flexibility, I've been able to say yes to a lot more things. And, that, and also I think as an expat, you get more opportunities. So if you're kind of saying yes to something, like the I worked in Vietnam as a tour guide. I was living in New Zealand on a one-year visa at the time and SARS was just happening. Everything was a bit kind of weird over there. And these, I had an interview and they were like, we would love you to come, but next week. So I had to like pack up my life. All my plans are gone, pack everything up. And a week later I was in Vietnam saying yes. And then from that, I kind of got more senior positions there. So I think, you know, that five year, that five year plan thing doesn't work if you have any sense of freedom, I think, because then you're kind of pigeonholing in yourself into a path but so many great opportunities can be presented to you with a more open mind. And I really feel like with what we know about energy and vibration, even you thinking you have a five-year plan, I think energetically places some limitations out there, even if you're still open, I still think it kind of holds you back a bit. Yeah, I feel like what you're saying is going to be so important for so many people to hear on this episode because even if we have a small business that we love, we're always looking externally to how we feel like it should be done. Mm -hmm. And everything that you said really gives people permission to follow their own path. And sometimes that looks like shutting down a business. Sometimes that looks like starting again, finding a new niche because the people you were working with really weren't serving you or changing it in some way and so I really I really honor you for showing us this path and showing us this way because 
just saying that is going to give people that permission slip that I think some people might need right now. Especially with everything that's gone on externally too, we can feel like we're at the whim of someone else making a lot of the decisions, right? The government says yes, they say no, they say go, they say stop, or whoever it might be in your life. It could be a partner even or family member. Um, Talk to me about how you've dealt with that personally because I know choosing your own path is not an easy thing to do. We've said previously that you've had to say no to a lot of things. Some things have been a hell yes. How has that been when you look at your relationships, like your family and what they think about what you're doing? Because I don't want to gloss over this question and just say that it's easy to follow your own path, but there is that part of you that wonders, what does everybody think of me? And what do they think about me not settling down in one place? And, and all of those, essentially, they're limiting beliefs. But how have you dealt with that when that's come up for you? And has it come up for you? Uh, I feel uh, it took me a lot. I was probably at a festival about five years ago where I realized this about my relationship with my mother, because the guy started, there was like a, a self-sabotage um, seminar at this festival. One of those, you know, more out there festivals. And, um, and he said, oh, so, you know, your parents were always telling you what to do. And, and everyone's like, mm. and I was like, oh, hang on a minute. I didn't have that. I only grew up with my mother. My father wasn't around. And she was always just has never said to me, don't do something. She's maybe expressed concern maybe twice in terms of like going something a bit riskier. Uh, usually about safety in a place um, but on the whole she's kind of let me you know let me go let me go and travel around the world I mean I left England 24 years ago I think um, so you know I'm just happy to kind of not happy to let me go but let me go and knew that I would be fine so I think there's been real freedom in that you know and I really thank her for that opportunity I can see my brother not doing the same with his teenage children right now and see them pushing back and I'm like no what happens what happens if you give someone permission to go and make their own mistakes and know that you are there as backup I think this so if anyone's a parent I think that's a great way to look at is how how can you allow that surrender to your child's own journey mm. so beneficial and it opens up a way more enriching life because obviously you do go out there and you do make mistakes and you do stumble and you do have weird things happen in weird places but you are um, you are you, you are yourself and you're free. Yeah, that's so, so interesting. I think sometimes you hear people's stories and it can be the complete opposite that they were restricted in childhood and they weren't allowed to do anything. So this desire for freedom is like breaking loose, but actually you were, you were given that little bit of freedom from early on and you ran with it, which is which is super yeah. cool and super brave. I think there's an element of uh, ultra independence in there, which we know to be you know, a bit of a wound as well. Um, I think, you know, that's just from kind of probably the relationship with my father mm. and, that, and that becoming that I was like, well, I'll do everything myself. So I think there's a, there's a fine line. So I've had to pull myself back from the ultra independence part because there's freedom and then there's like, I've got everything and, you, you know, you just don't need to be like that. You don't need to act like that. You don't need to have those kind of, 
it's great to ask for help. And I think for me, the universe kind of forced it upon me the first time and the second time, because the first time I, so I quit my job when I was in Santa Monica and I was like, right, I'm going traveling. I'm going to be a nomad and I'm going to do this. And about six weeks into my journey, I was in Sweden and I broke my ankle and I had to have surgery in Sweden. And of course, your your world gets very small and very unfree mm. with uh, one accessible limb at a time um, with crutches. And it was, I had to ask people for help. I knew about three people in Stockholm and I had to ask for help when I wanted groceries. I had to get people to hold the door. It was like, it was um, such a challenge for me at that point because I was just so used to doing everything myself. So it was kind of really interesting. That was an interesting phase. And I kind of was like, okay, I got my lessons. But I obviously didn't learn 100% well because when COVID hit, I was like, this feels familiar. And I was like, oh, it's the same, that complete reduction of freedom. COVID just took every bit of freedom away again because I was, you know, without a base. So I didn't have anywhere to like run to. I never knew where to go in particular. But um, I have property in New Zealand, but the tenants in it. Um, and travel writing was gone. The pet sitting that I was doing to travel the world was gone the just literally everything was just like nothing and all you are now you're in one you know in quarantine in a house in a, a country I didn't plan to be into in winter approaching and I was like this feels so familiar and it, it really reminded me of those that complete shutdown of freedom and then that was such a challenge for me it was you know like to, I remember just like wanting to just go out into the into the garden and just be like I don't want this I was just like so resistant but it turned out to be like one of the best things ever because first I had to find where's my inner freedom not this external thing where you can go and find freedom just by getting on a plane but where is it inside me and that really unleashed for me self-love it was a really big part of it I, I recognized that I was grieving for the life I'd been building but I and I stopped resisting and then from that it was such a blossom for me to like kind of go there's freedom and then there's this internal freedom which is something altogether different. Hey friend before we continue with this week's episode I want to let you know that applications are open for the July intake into the creator club. Curious? If you're in small business, then you should be. The Creator Club is your business coaching membership. We have a focus on helping you grow your small business with confidence by learning the key skills of business. The Creator Club isn't some hyped up program. Instead, we give small business owners access to the proven skills, the essential skills you need to grow. And have you feel like you have the support, the tools and the confidence. You're working with clients and customers that you really love. Finally, you have a plan to grow, to roll out new projects, new revenue streams, build relationships and be surrounded by others that are making a difference. Of course, we're going to help you increase your revenue in a sustainable way. If this sounds like you and you'd like to learn more, head over to our website, www.creatorclub.link. That link's also in the show notes, so you can jump down there and hit the link. Applications for this round, for the July round, close on July 3rd. We can't wait to welcome you in. Mm. Ah. That's so powerful on so many levels. And even what you were saying right at the beginning, 
there of being strong and resilient in this pursuit of freedom. I, I totally, I totally relate to that. And it's always that double-edged sword where your strengths are your weaknesses. You've got to mirror your strengths back to you and, and show yourself that there is two sides to this. And mm -hmm. sometimes that impacts you personally. And sometimes it can be impacting the people around you. If you have, I know the resilience card is one that I play a lot. I'm the older sister of two, two girls and forged the path to come to university and I know exactly what it's like to have to stand on your own two feet but then with that you kind of carry this armor and and all of a sudden at one point in your life it, it unravels for you but I think having that second instance of losing the freedom and exactly what you said returning to that self-love that's such a a beautiful place to start isn't it because it, it everything starts from the inside out mm -hmm. and um, a lot of what you were had experienced was external freedom as well from the outside but then can you also be free on the inside something that comes to mind when you were talking about last year and your plans changing and then all of a sudden you had to establish this quote home base in a place that you didn't really think you would be and create these practices but also I think probably re-establish some community around you whether that actually be physical community or whether that be expanding your online community and we're we're both part of a beautiful international community with our yoga which is amazing but you have other friends inside of your yoga as well. Talk to me about things that you've done and especially at the height of last year when you were in that situation, how you you surrounded yourself with community because I know you probably it felt lonely at times. Mm -hmm. But what, yeah, what did you do in order to restore that and feel like you weren't completely alone in that time? Well, I think it was kind of an interesting point because when at first, so I'd been moving around the world and, you know, you would think that that would be kind of lonely itself and I was pet sitting to do it. But I realized that when I got to places, I very quickly will make friends with people at the coffee shop and people crossing. I very quickly to make kind of like the person that's giving me my pad thai or whatever. Even if they're just like, even if it's just that they're acknowledging that they know you and you're back, that's still part of this kind of connection that you have. And so when COVID first hit and in New Zealand, you couldn't go, you know, you weren't allowed to even touch a pet. And that was a big deal. With all of these things, then it was like kind of, a, I realized how much that I was doing that, that I, even though I was by myself almost all the time, I was still connecting. I'm still very important part of like connecting wherever I was. And I would always class myself as a community connector. I'm always very good at kind of linking up this person and this person or promoting this person to this person. So um, yeah, it was kind of a real challenge to kind of have all that stripped away as well. But then of course there was online. So I was very lucky that I had my, I was on my coaching course then um, and I had coaching peers 
And part of, you know, my, the, 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 the internal freedom that came with that was going, okay, with my spiritual gift, what am I going to do with this? And I decided to experiment with my coaching here. So building that way, having lots of kind of one-on-one sessions and just experimenting there was good. Obviously working on my Instagram account as well. Um, that was really important to kind of, you know, like you and I were talking a lot that year and it's just kind of as a way to do it. But since then, I have taken what I had with the fortunate part I had with my coaching peers, which was a safe space to practice whatever's coming through. And I started now a Facebook group for that. So it's um, it's called the Healers Collab and it's a safe space for people who have spiritual gifts to come and put their hand up and say like, I've got something happening and I don't know what it is. And does anyone want to like a free session and I'll practice on you? And then they get an exchange for feedback. People are sharing so much. So for me, it was like, that would seem like an important next step. And then now I'm here, I'm, you know, I'm actually in one place with my own apartment and rent for the first time in four years. And I'm, it's been amazing here, just the amount of people coming into, kind of crossing into my path, making friends, like people are meeting people over Instagram that are local and they're turning out to be friends and some of them turning out to be clients. And it's just, that is definitely what I'm here for. You know, like kind of like, I'm I'm so happy to be in one place, which was surprising to me. If you told me that a year ago, I've been like, no. Um, you know, when they talk about the borders, I'm like, it's fine. I'm not planning on traveling. And I'm like, who am I? Um, but, you know, it's really important, I think, to to be not just kind of like saying I'm growing my business, I'm growing my community for my business, but I'm growing my community for connection, mm. for uh, to give back, to, you know, to, to, to create some of the things that I was able to create for myself to be able to help create that for others. I think it's super important. Yeah. And when you create from that place of service first, I think you, two things, it comes across much more genuine and I think you start with building those connections first and then seeing what those connections lead to without any kind of this has to be a reciprocal arrangement I refer to you you refer to me without any of that just I think you're a cool person and I want to hang out and I'm interested to know what you do and we have some things in common and then seeing where it goes from there as well so I love that I love that and I've definitely watched you as you've grounded yourself on the Gold Coast in Queensland and start to connect and have more of these in IRL and real life connections Mm -hmm. and it must be quite weird as well if you've gone from having something so small to then in real life and being with people and being in the space together how have you found that transition I'm very conscious that you know I think a good sort of side side part of the moving around the world was also a bit of protection you know um, around kind of keeping myself safe from people because of one of you know the the wounds that I was carrying was a trust piece mm. um, and so if you keep moving you can't really make deep and meaningful connections mm. so you, you know that kept me kind of safe so I also know that part of my time here is to absolutely connect and to come face to face with some of those old thoughts that are coming up and it's been really yeah. interesting to meet people off of Instagram having a nice time and then as we separate I'm like I can hear the old patterns coming up like oh you spoke too much or do you think they didn't like you or you know whatever and then I'm just like shush, shush, shush. no this is fine and just kind of like kind of going okay well you know maybe there's a these are the old thoughts and how they were there but I'm still gonna I'm not gonna change how 
I feel aligned to do here, which is to meet people, to connect with people. I have a vision as well. My birthday is in December. And if you know Burley Heads, there's like a nice kind of like grassy area and people picnic. And I'm like, my vision is I've got enough friends around me in December mm-hmm. that I can have my birthday picnic up there. There's going to be cupcakes. It's going to be cool. And so, you know, kind of a little bit of a mission there as well to ensure that I'm kind of keeping forward motion on this, not allowing myself to kind of push back against, well, you know, it's easier if I don't connect deeply with people. And because, of course, before I was connecting with pets a lot because I was pet sitting around the world and I don't, I'm not allowed pets in my apartment. So it almost takes away a crutch of, of connection, right? Because it's like I, I have to like accost a dog on the street. Um, I can't actually, you know, actually pet them. Uh, like, you know, can't have one jump on the bed in the morning. So I, it's very interesting to have had that taken away. And it's now, it's, it's leaving space for people to come in, leaving space for uh, for me to just kind of just see what's coming up emotionally around that and then to continue moving forward. Yeah, that's that's super, super interesting. And and another experiment for you, I imagine, in your journey of experience, lifelong experiments. I want to touch on something that we were speaking about before we started recording, and that's something that you have cultivated, the art of manifesting. Mm-hmm. I would love to know, because I find this to be a really interesting topic and I swing between the, and I, so I'm interested to know, I I swing between the very practical side of manifesting and then obviously the opening it up to the universe to, to guide you and to put things in your path and things like that. So I'm very curious to know from you as someone that, that uses manifesting as a tool and has really practiced the art of it, how do you define manifesting? I think it's kind of like what you've just described to me is goal setting versus manifesting, right? Yeah. If you're not doing it without the kind of understanding that the universe has your back and what is energy and frequency, then you are goal setting. Yeah. Manifesting is when you're bringing in energy and your own energy, your own positive vibes or negative, and then using that to shape what you want to get. So it's kind of really interesting because I think it's, it's, uh, it was, I actually, Last night, I went to a a health retreat um, to teach a manifestation workshop. It's like one of those subjects I could talk about for a year, I think, because it's changed my life. Um, But one of the interesting things was when I was, uh, one of the questions I got last night, this guy said to me, that's just that, like, this sounds like goal setting. And I was like, yes, goal setting, but with uh, understanding of bringing in your mind and your body and your energy into the whole practice to get the best results. So that's how I would describe it. I like the, the phrase as well, ask, believe, receive, because ask, you're putting in your desire with the universe. But this believe piece is really challenging for us, you know, because we have to kind of lean into, well, if I'm someone telling me that I can have whatever I want, but you have these conditions in your mind that tell you that, that you can't, or that it won't be you that could do this, but you can't make it work. So you start collecting I would say to keep people to keep a proof journal, start collecting all the magic that's happening in your life, kind of start really showing yourself all the times, you know, where you're going to a meeting and there's a park right outside or all the lights are green all the way there. All these times with these tiny bits of magic are showing you that the universe is supporting what you're doing. Um, so I think keeping a proof journal is super important and then receive 
often we're not very good at receiving. We're very happy to be like, yeah, yeah, you take it, take it, you need it. But then when someone offers it back, particularly if you are ultra-independent, that can be a thing, a wound. So for me, it was also, it's ask, believe, receive. If you can kind of keep those things and you know that the belief card is really the most challenging part because but that you can support yourself right in the early days of just smaller manifestations that just feel outside your comfort zone so that you can attract in, get your proof, you can go bigger, get your proof and go bigger, get your proof and go bigger. Like for me, when I came to the Gold Coast, um, there's a housing crisis going on here, but I felt very aligned to come here. I, I kept hearing the word Burley in my head when I was kind of like, uh, I don't know, I don't know where to go. And I was like, Burley, Burley, Burley. Okay, I'm going to Burley. So when I got here, I went to the first open home and I met this guy there and he said, oh, it's such a nightmare right now. I've been looking for six weeks. There's like 200 applicants per place. And I went, and then I went, not me. And I just literally just like, no, not me. And I said, if I'm supposed to be here, then I won't have any trouble. So then I got the first place I applied for, which had a lovely ocean view. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, I love it. I love it here. I love seeing the ocean every day from my balcony. I love the space that they've manifested, everything about it, the only thing, no pets, but I feel like that's uh, on purpose, as I said. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. I, I love those three things, ask, believe, receive. I've written them down and I'm going to, to share them um, on your behalf yeah. <laughs> because I think that's so important. The proof journal, definitely. I am so on board with that and I think a lot of the work, even in business coaching, it, it it does transfer into life coaching sometimes and this mindset work, especially around the belief part, because I know people will want to create things in their business and they have this thing and they forget all about their past history. They forget everything. For some reason, this new thing cancels out everything that they've done previously. And it's like, uh, hang on a second. It's that capacity, I think, as well to... Two things come to mind with this. One is realizing that sometimes you might have done something before that's very similar it's just that it's it's in a different form now. Mm. So you have to be able to see those slight differences and realize, hey, actually I have uh, done lots of presentations in my corporate job before. So now creating a podcast shouldn't be, I can do this, I can do this, but it's just that it's in a totally different format that they kind of freak out. And I think the other thing with that, and this is something that I'm working a lot on this year is is that capacity to hold something bigger and I think this comes back to a lot of our training and, and kundalini and the energy work the more you do of those practices that support you to build your capacity you're able to then see whether it's a dollar figure in your bank whether it's an amount of clients whether it's having a team of 10 and not want to run the other way from it you can hold that and you can go I don't have that right now but I can I can see that and I can believe in that 
And feeling. Do you want to talk to me a little bit about that? Because I can see you nodding your head. <laughs> feeling it as well, right? So it's kind of like so part of part of what I believe about manifesting is is you kind of using what you know already um, to bring in an energy into your body, and then you're gonna you do whatever you can to maintain that energy. So you know, if you're gonna start manifesting, the first thing you're gonna do is make sure your energy is in a good place before you mm-hmm. start. You don't want to be having a crappy mood. And then, and then sit down and be like, oh, I need, then you become, you're writing from need, not want. So then you're going to like get your energy there. And then if you're starting to, you're kind of like going through the steps. So you're going to, you know, you're going to put your desire in place. You're going to say what it is. You're going to bring life to the vision, kind of really bring it to life with as many senses as possible. Then your job is to fake it to you make it. It's the act as it. And you do that by using all those past instances of success that you can draw on as a feeling. So you're bringing into your body that feeling of what it feels like to, you know, we've all had those moments where we are actually fist pumping the air because we got the job or because we, you know, we, we, we met the person or we, we got the deal or whatever it is. You know, there's so many ways, but we've all got those moments. So it's like pulling that back in as you're manifesting and then bringing that in and then showing up with that energy as often as you can. But it's also about knowing then when your energy gets pulled down, having tips and tricks to pull yourself back up again. It's okay to like have your energy dip, but you don't want it to stay down if you're manifesting. You want it to come back up. And so that's knowing that you can do a breath work or a meditation or go for a run or play with a pet or paint a picture or whatever it is that keeps you out of your own way from just having good energetic experience. Yeah, that's that's so interesting because I think there would be this misconception sometimes that because we're on this manifestation path that our energy is always going to be a, a straight shot. It's going to be tunnel vision and it's always going to be at a steady level ready for us to receive that thing when it appears. But well, that's why I think going back to the going back to my apartment, right? I'm human still. So yeah. even though I was like, not me, every now and again, I'd be kind of like, oh, oh there aren't very many, you know, I'd kind of get a little flare up and then I'd just relax again. I was just like, relax. but when I actually applied for this appointment, that's when I kind of started spiraling down because I was like, I really wanted it. I'd only looked at four. This was the one. And I was just kind of, I knew there was so much competition. So my humanness came in then instead of me being like, I got this, I could be like, I got this, but it was like a fake grin. And I'm like, I really didn't believe it. But then I just kind of like had to just kind of like allow some of those emotions to have space still. I remember like the morning I was going to get the answer, I was feeling really stressed. And so I sat in the car and I did one of the Kundalini breath works to calm myself down. I did left nostril breath to calm myself down. And then I carried on my day. And then I, the seventh step to manifestation, I did like seven steps. The last step is surrender. So there was a point where I was like, oh, I'm supposed to have heard by now. I haven't. So I went. I was at like an outlet and I started shopping and I was like, I'm going to stop shopping for furniture. I'm just going to buy clothes. Like, forget it. Forget it. I'm just going to let it go no matter what happens. And then like within an hour, you know, I've got a bag full of sweaters and I'm just like, yeah, you've got the place. And it's just like, I just had to keep myself out of my own way at that point, you know, like had to do what I knew to get my energy out of the right way and just not focus so much on like need, need, need. I just had to take myself energetically out of that path of what I was manifesting and then there you go the universe delivers yeah we've talked a lot about some of these more healing esoteric spiritual uh, both terminology and also practices that 
that you do. I'm curious to know you your your work life and your career wasn't always in this realm. Have you always been interested in this work? How did how did you come across you're you're a coach now, but you also use a modality called light language? Yeah, have you always been interested in these things, or <laughs> what did that what did that journey look like? Uh, no, for sure. I mean, I think you know, I grew up in a pretty poor family in a very you know kind of three um, uh, D environment. You know, like kind of just like it was just you went to school, and most people was the same. Most people would end up with a vocation at the end of that, and kind of spend their life in the town. And so, you know, I grew up in a place that, that there wasn't any kind of openness at all, you know. Uh, I went to Christian primary school. So it was like, you know, very much me. Um, and so, but it was my own health journey. I think it really started to open my mind up because I was dealing with IBS and migraines. And so, of course, you get to a point where you're just sick of it all and you start looking around at other things. So I think that was a, a long time ago that I started kind of going, like, okay, well, what else could I try new? And you start with acupuncture and you're trying different things. Mm. Um, but I think it was more around that 2016 mark where I started really feeling not free. And then mm. at the same time, I remember getting a diagnosis for leaky gut um, just from like a place I was going to. And it just kind of pulled something in me. Something about that whole experience just kind of opened something up. And then I started having these really random things happen. So it would be like a guy came and would tell me something about myself. It would be like psychic saying, oh, you can heal with your hands. I'd be like, what on earth do you mean? You know, and it was just kind of like, it just kind of like, it was almost like I was still kind of ignorant and I had to keep getting like slapped in the face with it. You know, like there's more, there's more. And so when I did quit my job and go traveling, I... At first, it was a little bit kind of like, you know, still kind of more conservative, but like how I was even able to heal my ankles started being more spiritual, you know, using kind of a lot of different techniques there. And then just I started traveling intuitively and I felt like I was collecting. I kept meeting people that would do healing or do something and it kind of just lit me up a little bit more, leveled me up a little bit more. But it was really um, sound healing was such a big catalyst for me. So um uh, if you're familiar with sounding, that can be sound bowls, gongs, chanting, whatever. But for me, really, the bowls mm. started freeing up energy. And that's, that's the great thing about sounding. I say, you go and you lie down, you just have to do nothing else, but your energy gets cleaned up, which is amazing. And so from that, I started having this kind of weird experience where I'd be spinning in the class. Like, not, just not actually spinning, but in my head, I'd start spinning. And that just kind of, at first I was freaking out and then I just kind of let it happen. And that allowed me to let more things happen. Just like kind of like trust that I was safe to just like have it, have a go and see what happened here. And and my coach, I started working with her about three years ago, I think now. And she kind of first introduced me to light language, which um, probably people aren't familiar with. It sounds like gobbledygook um, I always say but your cells of your body and your soul understand it so even though your mind's like what is happening your cells of your body and your soul are getting the messages coming through me from the universe for you for shifting and uh, one of the great things I can do is shift energetic blocks limiting blocks and beliefs from people and so it's just kind of like going in there working through the chakras clearing out kind of old baggage emotional baggage spirit you know kind of uh, anything stored in there and then kind of freeing it 
Um, and so I'm very fortunate to be able to use that because it's a, it's a complete biohack because it fast tracks whatever you're working on. I use it in a lot of my coaching now as well, 50-minute coaching session and light language at the end to work through freeing up whatever residue there is from those ahas that we've been having. Um, so, yeah, so light language is very foreign to me, you know, three years ago, but I just it started to come through. I still didn't know what to do with it until COVID hit and then I had that space because I'm not – the thing about traveling is you're spending your whole time looking at the future. Where am I going next? Planning, booking, you know, sorting things out and then take that away. And you're like, well, there's loads more free time right now. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to experiment, see what this is and started practicing with peers on, okay, what does this feel like to you? You know, like and some people were more spiritual so they'd see things and it was just really helpful. Again, there's that thing about gathering proof of what you're doing and that it's working because you sometimes like especially something like an energy healing practice is it's outside of our comfort zones to mm. lean into what this is and to say like I'm an energy healer and you don't necessarily understand everything that's happening but you see it working so yeah oh this has been such a wonderful conversation Zoe I feel like I've gotten to know you on another level again which is it's so nice. And I think when you have these serendipitous friendships to, to be able to then share your gifts with everyone else through the podcast is even more exciting. If people want to learn more about your work, um, perhaps they might be in, have a healing modality that they practice, teach in their, in their work. And they want to join your Facebook group. Can you share with us how it looks to work with you and the Facebook group and things like that? Um, so in terms of the work that I do, so coaching, I I, you know, I started out as a business coach and then I transitioned to a freedom coach. And then yeah. now it's much more, I just, I generally am working with people that are somewhere on their journey. And a lot of you are actually quite early at the beginning and they're feeling something coming through. And they don't really know what to do with it or what it is. I have people often saying to me, like, I've got this twitch. Oh, I can feel this in my fingers. My fingers are always vibrating. And I'm like, you're not using your energy. So I can work with those people to help them get to a point where they understand what they want to do with it, understand how it's flowing through them. And then potentially that goes into that being a business for them as well. Um, but also just help people clean up whatever's in their way as well. I think, you know, we... we well, I heard a number that was something like 2 billion people are waking up from the start of COVID to going forward. So, you know, that's maybe not everyone's awake right now, but there's a lot of people that have woken up and they get the people that are waking up now get to go on a fast track. They get to wake up faster. They get to, you know, level up quicker. But that also means that their shadow work's coming at them much faster. So as a coach, then it's also helping with that, helping with those blind spots. It's like, why can't I get to the next level and just kind of being able to sort of, show and reveal what that is and then work through that so that's some of the work that I do as a coach as an energy healer it's more about just kind of clearing up the energy space and I use kundalini yoga for that um, I think it's one of the greatest gifts for me to have ever stumbled into the path of kundalini yoga for myself because it you know it changed my life it's changed my energy and it changed the receptivity for my gifts coming through but also it helps me help other people. I feel like these days I'm almost like prescribing Kundalini yoga. I'm like, <laughs> oh, feeling angry? 
fist of anger for you three minutes a day you know and it's like how oh, you're feeling you're feeling stressed here you go left nostril breath three minutes a day and it's like but within my sessions I use kundalini so that we it's two things one is that you help me create space in your body for the light to come in but two is one of the things I've noticed and it, it really gets my goat now is that often I used to often be going to people and be like heal me and that's not how you heal yourself you have to heal yourself, but you can get help from other people. So I find now if I go to a practitioner that's really like, I can heal you, I think I'm not working with you. Mm-hmm. I'm out of there. I want to work with people that want to help me heal me. And so that's why I think Kundalini is so great in the first place is because we're working together as a team right from the start. We're creating space in the body. We're doing things with our both participating and we're getting way better results from that, I feel, because you heal you. And so it's really about having people on your team that help you get to that place as fast as possible. So I think it's um, a real gift to to have had to have Kundalini. So it doesn't mean also teach Kundalini as well. Um, and yes, I think that's the answer to your question. I've lost the little thread of if there's anything else. Oh, the Facebook group. Facebook, yeah. So if anyone wants to join my Facebook group, you have to kind of search uh, facebook.com slash groups, the healers collab. And it's one L. Um, and that is free to join. It's a safe space, uh, very strict time, making sure that everybody in there, you're allowed to, you know, allowed to share what you're working on. If you've got a new a new um, workshop you want to release, or you want to put your podcast in there, you're more than welcome. Um, it's a way to connect with other people. It's also been a great way for other people to find podcast guests or people to promote their books or whatever. So it's been great in that, but it's also designed as a safe space for people to come together and say like, oh, I don't know what this is and either I can help or you can put it in there to practice or whatever so that is really just a a gift I think uh, to be able to work and there's about 150 people in there right now it's just a gift to be able to kind of connect in there yesterday I had you know my first presentation at this retreat center and so two days ago I was like can anybody just be my guinea pig for I just needed to talk it through right much better so I had someone in America that helped just kind of me talk it through and then I had someone come around yesterday locally who was my guinea pig audience so helpful and it's just like what it's designed for is like oh help I need help with this or can anyone proofread this proposal I'm doing it's just we can't always go to our friends I think particularly with spiritual stuff we're sometimes worried about what other people are going to think so it's just having the space to go to to allow yourself to say okay I, I can do it here and then I can worry about my friends and my family later. Beautiful. Uh, you're a gift to the world, Zoe, and thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and intertwining a bit of the career, a bit of business, the manifesting. It's been a great conversation and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure to um, finally make it to your podcast. It's such a good yeah. one.